0: The pandemic has ripped the boundaries between employees' personal and professional lives, and many executives say workers' mental health and wellness concerns will continue to bleed into their work days. Conversations that may have once taken place with friends outside of the office now feel natural among colleagues who have grown accustomed to supporting their peers during the pandemic. More likely than not, it will continue to be more acceptable for employees to talk about their mental health and the state of their personal lives at work and to expect support from their bosses when they do. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the Beat Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Bidemir Logitech. On this episode, I'll be discussing what looks like the future of work in terms of work flexibility, new forms of hiring, new ways of managing meetings, and so on. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. So, tech companies are inching closer to reopening their offices, but the way they work will never be the same. Two years ago, the campuses of Google, Facebook, and Amazon on the U.S. West Coast began emptying out as the coronavirus started spreading across the U.S., and those moves were quickly copied by many offices nationwide. Today, many skilled knowledge workers have no interest in going back to the way things used to be In their constant quest for new talent, tech firms and older companies that need to find more tech-savvy employees will do whatever it takes to hire and retain people who feel empowered to to demand the schedule and location of their choice. So even when the pandemic is over, many tech leaders believe that work flexibility will be the norm. Hiring will be more geographically dispersed and people will spend their time differently than they used to do with designated hours that are available to collaborate with colleagues and other periods where individual work is the priority. In late February, Google outlined its return to work plans where employees will be returning to the office a few days a week starting in early April. On March four. Apple told employees that they would begin returning to the office one day a week starting on April 11, which would build up to three days per week by late May. Twitter, which was among the first companies to announce it would allow its employees to work from anywhere permanently, announced on March 3 that it plans to reopen its offices on March 15. However. In making that announcement, Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal stressed that the company's ultimate return to work philosophy is employee choice. He added that Twitter employees would work from anywhere they feel most productive and creative, including working from home full-time every day. So, One of the lasting ways COVID has altered the work landscape is in terms of hiring which is evidenced by a recent Twitter thread where several high-profile executives chimed in. So, Brian Armstrong is the CEO of Coinbase, which is a cryptocurrency exchange, and he tweeted that in the most recent quarter, 89% of new hires at his company were somewhere else other than the West Coast, which was up from 30% before the pandemic. Alisa Henry is the head of um, Square, the business within the newly renamed block, and she tweeted that 40% of managers on her team don't have any direct reports living in the same location as them. So the tech industry is not the only one undertaking far-flung recruiting efforts these days. General Motors said that it plans to hire 8,000 high-tech employees this year, with many of them based far from its Detroit headquarters, some of them in places like Austin, Texas, and some of them working from home. So of course, we all know that where people work directly impacts how they work. Once teams um, scattered in the COVID era and started performing their roles from all over the country, tech companies explored ways for those teams to balance collaboration time with colleagues with focus time for individual work. And this led to asynchronous work where employees get to set their hours in part by what schedule best suits their lives. So Slack technologies has something called call hours where team members are supposed to be available to jump on a call or huddle with their teams. Slack's parent company, Salesforce, encourages employees to set their Slack status to focus time when handling individual work or connecting, to signal when they are available to collaborate with others. Salesforce recently tried its first async week, where 20,000 of its nearly 70,000 employees canceled routine meetings to make time for solo work. Out of those who participated in the experiment, 72% said it made them more productive, and 70% reported that it made them less stressed. Two more async weeks are planned for later this year. Twitter is adopting a similar approach where teams come up with common hours that work for them to collaborate. It also recently experimented with a company-wide focus week where most meetings were cancelled and people would catch up on things like backlogged assignments. Now, Twitter encourages workers to think about meeting hygiene, which could involve setting a tight agenda for efficiency, recording the meeting so that people who cannot join can still listen later and considering whether the meeting needs to happen at all in the first place. Usually, most employees cannot string together enough hours in a row to focus, so they sometimes work well beyond the usual 9-5 to schedule with pings and dings signaling requests coming to them from all over the internet. So in the near future, experts predict that savvy employers will help people shrink their online time and there won't be the expectation that employees need to be online for 10 hours a day. Instead, teams will likely do more front-end planning for projects and then send team members off with tasks and deadlines. For some organizations hybrid models can work where people come in on set days of the week while other teams might need to work from an office for five days for two weeks in a row to figure out a plan for a project they could then work from home for several weeks as they deliver on that project with online check-ins in the meantime So tech companies spent years selling their lavish office campuses full of perks like on-site massages, free food, and exercise classes as prime reasons to work for them. Experts say that even though most workers will only go back part-time, these spaces will still serve an essential purpose. The tech sector accounted for 37% of the total square footage out of the top 100 office leases signed in 2021 which exceeded the 2019 percentage of 32 percent and all of this data according to a new report from CBRE which is a commercial real estate company that owns and leases office buildings. So in 2021, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, signed a lease on Sixth Street in Austin, Texas. So that lease added 589,000 square feet to its existing office space in the city of Austin, Texas. Meta currently has 2,000 employees living in Austin and another 500 job openings. The company also expanded its office space during the pandemic in New York City, Boston, Chicago, and Bellevue, Washington, where there are deep pools of tech talent. However, Today's tech offices look different. For example, Dropbox does not call its spaces offices anymore. Instead, it calls them studios with fewer desks and more meeting rooms and lounges for less formal team gatherings. Google is running a series of pilot programs in the San Francisco Bay Area, New York City, Dublin, London and Singapore to reconfigure some office layouts in order to boost productivity and connectedness. Google said it plans to see how these experiments go before scaling them. So instead of pulling employees into traditional offices, more companies now hold off-site meetings at hotels, coffee shops, or even in executives' backyards. Salesforce has said that its existing offices will be used for more collaboration and less individual work, but it's going a step further with an offsite project that combines work with wellness. Salesforce is bringing 10,000 employees to an employee retreat outside Santa Cruz, California this year, where workers will meet for training and bonding with their colleagues in addition to hiking, yoga cooking classes and more so that's all i have for this episode 123 of the Big picture podcast thank you for listening the bead picture podcast is produced by sunshine media in association with alonely productions fact-checking by zara kuznetiova audio engineer Sergei Goski. Graphic design Stacey Graham, Senior Producer Abidemi Logunde, Executive Producers Oli Folani Ologunde and Toby Lobo Logunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events and incidents and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat, intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the Big Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts also please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it for questions comments or any suggestions please send an email to bdmi at thebidpicture.com you can also get in touch on twitter at bidpicture picture on the clubhouse app at bid as well as on the wisdom app at Bidemi. please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so thank you for your time see you on the next episode bye for now